0: Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now kicking off phase two with Iron Man 3. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we have a special guest for you today on the podcast as we talk down Iron Man 3, the star of the movie, Adam Pally.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We talked about this. We vetted
0: this beforehand and Adam (laughs) said this is a very funny joke that I should say right No, yeah. that,
2: that, I don't think any of that is the way that, that it went down.
0: <laughs> we but,
1: talked to everybody um, beforehand. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that you get to witness the fact that he is an asshole. It's not always me really oh, pointing out geez, that he's wow. an asshole. It's nice to have other people. I don't know
2: Alex that well, so I can't really make an asshole judgment. I will say his on air voice and his off air voice are wildly (laughs) different it's
0: true i don't know what you're talking about
2: over here yeah (laughs) Yeah. he turns it on Uh, like when you came on i was like am i about to get the times that the movies are playing (laughs) (laughs) press one (laughs) <laughs> it was a real shocker. The full service podcast.
3: So Adam, you
0: did appear in the movie as Gary, the cameraman. And I, I will say, like, I remember seeing the movie. I was very excited to see you on screen. It was a standout scene there. Yeah. Uh, and Tony needs Gary. Tony needs, Tony Gary. needs Gary. It got Tony huge laughs in the theater. I, I think I the first time I saw it was with the Marvel Friends and Family screening, which they had a couple oh, of cool. press folks at. Yeah. People loved it. It's a great scene. It's awesome. Um, and I do want to talk about it in a second just to give people ground rules for the podcast and a little bit of info, though I think all of you probably know this. What were you going to say, Justin? ground I have rules. rules. I didn't know if we have never <laughs> had rules before. <laughs> The movie was released May 3rd, 2013, directed by Shane Black, written by Shane Black and Drew Pierce. Uh, Box office dominated, came right after the Avengers. And if you haven't listened to those podcasts, we recapped all of phase one, one by one. So you can go back and listen to those. Same with this one. We're going to jump in and spoil the movie. We assume you've seen it at this point, but if you haven't, Put this on pause, spend two hours and 15 minutes or so, watch it on Disney Plus, and then you can come back here. Uh, But Adam, back to you. So you do have this scene that is a crucial scene, but it's also a really funny scene uh, Mm -hmm. where you are helping Tony get on the internet in your news truck so Mm -hmm. that he can find out information on the Mandarin, who we later find out is the fake Mandarin. What was the actual experience like on set, though? Was that one day? Was that a week? How involved was it?
2: It was a week. It was about a week. They shoot at a different pace, and there's a lot of moving parts that you have to do. I think it actually ended up being longer than a week because the scenes outdoors, because it starts before we get in the van, there's a couple moments outdoors where there's, like, this long tracking shot where you see me on the front end. I'm on the phone, and I walk past Tony, and then Tony walks all the way around the crime scene, and I come back in, and that was like one of those like really ambitious. Shane Black, like you know, we're gonna do like there's no reason to do this in one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like we're gonna do it in one, and so and there was like you know 150 extras, and you're in North Carolina, and it's like storming, and Robert's like got like a, a kind of a spring to Anki. and like you know, it's like it's just like hard to do all that stuff. I think it was like ended up being 10 days of shooting. For, for that wow. scene, which is like a lot for a little. But totally one of the most fun times, and as an actor, like, one of the most fulfilling and best experiences. I mean, just so many jokes
3: in that scene. I mean, this movie yeah. in general, yeah. I feel like, Shane Black gets to lean so hard into the comedy side of it and really, like, sort of having it drive different scenes as opposed to other Marvel movies, which sort of just yeah. have a one-liner here and there.
2: It's not my favorite marvel movie i think a lot of people would would say that but i think <laughs> it is it, it did give them a little bit of a blueprint that like oh we can do comedy we can do yeah. straight up comedy movies like now especially now they're in tv and their genres suffer like bending all all this way i think like iron man was downing bigots like i'm gonna be funny throughout this i'm gonna like and i think that's the the plot like shane black you put when you put iron man on the run and he's trying not to be iron man it's like that's fish out of water comp it's like perfect for it so i think it was just like the tone of the movie and then shane black's movies they're all christmas movies as this one is yeah. and <laughs> they were pushing that throughout dude the whole christmas. Thing. like remember he christmas. loves christmas dude loves christmas. dude loves christmas dude loves christmas but but also i think it's american there's something like everybody knows christmas like the base of america <laughs> <laughs> and i think in shane black's christmas movies there usually are a couple really funny standout cameos and i think that you know It just kind of worked out.
0: So did they come to you based on your comedy experience? Was that, did they search you out? Was there an addition process? How did you end up getting the role?
2: I had been working for Robert as a writer for him for about a year, which is like one of those like Joe Biz secret jobs where they're like, that's not real. And then you get there and you're like, oh no, that's a real job. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was after my first year of Happy Endings, him and Susan Who's just—they're the greatest people. Susan was a Happy Endings fan, and she called me in to meet Robert because she said we had a similar patter, and we hit it off. And then he was developing an online persona at the time, which he still—I, you know—I have notes, but uh, <laughs> and and so that was my job was to come in on days off of Happy Endings during the week to his Venice office on Avenue and write ideas for sketches that he could do and write banter for him if he had to present an award or something and then other times we'd come in and he would just videotape the two of us improvising for like five hours at a time Uh, and like yeah it was wild wild and like you're improvising and doing bits while a chef is like gluten-free banana tartare (laughs) it's an all banana gluten-free you know what's hour four of that like? Where you're like, all right, <laughs> let's get a new suggestion. Really? <laughs> no, they, it's not like that kind of improvising. It's like, oh, okay, it's like consistent bidding. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like it's almost like a a a contest of wits and wills, where it's like I want to see if you can keep up with my fast paced mind as long as I can the whole time, and I'm gonna videotape it in case there's like a little nugget of thing. Right. So you end up uh-huh. doing a lot of bits where it's like. It's actually a lot, Justin. I mean, you know, you you just produced my travel show. It's a lot like that, you know. Yeah. Except it's like reps. It's like doing reps. Yeah. It's like doing reps. Yeah, yeah. It's like being back backstage before the show for like five hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing every character. You're like breaking out everything you can just to like stay, keep him afloat, up- and then you get a laugh, and you're like, yes. No. <laughs> so anyway, so I had been doing that job for six months to a year, and. He left to do Iron Man and I was still getting, I was still on the payroll, (laughs) but not, (laughs) uh, but there was nothing to do because he was down, you know, doing Iron Man. And then I got a call from Joe and Anthony Russo, who at the time were set to take over, I think they had just on Captain America 2 or something. And they were becoming like the head people. And Joe was like, he's like, look, we got this thing it's not a big deal we want you to do it but you know Kevin he doesn't know you so we're gonna have to make you make a tape but Robert's already signed off it's not a big deal you gotta do his thing <laughs> and I was like what I was like and he's and it was basically like we're gonna have John call you John will walk you through it and I was like okay and so then Bavro <laughs> called me and Bavro basically did the same thing he was like okay listen if I have a little thing <laughs> Taki you know, tape. Like barely, you barely have
3: to press record. Just stand yeah, like the camera. He's like, everybody
2: already signed off. I don't want you to be nervous. He's like, Robert already said it to you. Everybody was like, don't worry about it. Just make a tape. And I ended up making like five tapes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh,
3: great. Slight tweak. Great tape. Slight tweak. Just a couple tweaks. Exactly. Tweets. Exactly.
2: Hollywood doesn't stop even like on that level. Robert called me and was like, want you to come down. So, you know, I flew down and the first couple of days, was just like getting acclimated to Marvel. Like it's very, it's different now because they have a real setup, a compound, right? Like, I don't I don't know how, that, how it goes anymore, but. Yeah, it feels like it's full
3: protocols and it's all like such long, like long look stuff that it's like, here's the
2: deal. Exactly, and like even location-wise, it's like, welcome to Marvel World. You know, yeah. like, I feel yeah. like when I was doing it, it was still like, okay, we're shooting in North Carolina. <laughs> you know, like it's a movie, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much how I got it. I wish it was cooler. I wish it was more like like a big, like there were a lot of people that I beat out. But it truly was it truly was just like a Hollywood connection mm-hmm. where Robert was like, "This too works for me." already (laughs) (laughs) you versus yourself and you almost blew it. And I almost blew it a couple of times. Um, And I had like the whole deck stacked for me. I had like the people producing it, capped me in my first job. It was like, nothing could have been better. And I still had to like barely get (laughs) the job. But at the
0: same note, given that you had so many hours doing improv with Robert Downey Jr. Offset, that's so much better than coming on set clean and then having to form this relationship in this truck, and then suddenly you're ripping yes, off of him.
2: Totally, and that that was the most fun. It was like it, truly the most fun. It was like for for six months, you're just like in his house, and he's being in, so funny and insane, and like you're seeing Robert Downey Jr. But then when I showed up, and and it was like first day shooting, and you know he's in the the costume, like the, the thing blowing, and he's like it's not he's not joking around. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, he's like Tom Brady. No one can be late. Everyone's like on their mark and then he does the thing that everyone says he does which is you get the set they hand you the sides you go over to your mark robert goes let me see those sides takes them and he makes a big deal (laughs) let's talk let's talk wow and you're like okay luckily i had read the sides so i knew (laughs) yeah (laughs) give him a quick look what we were going to talk about but he likes to do that, and, and Shane and him have such a rapport. I think they've done like four or five movies together, so it was like they had a rapport, and, and it was so much improvising. More improvising, I think, than I've done any other job, pretty much. Wow. is oh, crazy because awesome. it caught the most per minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that said, there's also uh, – I assume it was on the original DVD, Blu-ray, but they also have it on Disney Plus as an extra. There's a whole extra two minutes of outtakes. From oh, is there? Scene that. Yeah. I didn't know that.
2: Um, That's great. Yeah. I mean, it was a long, it was a lot. And Robert is like, he does this thing that I would tell more action people to do, which is like, if you're a really good actor, the plot stuff is truly secondary. And I think most actors who are action stars get caught up in the jargon of it. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, we need to put the satellite to get the thing and the thing and the fucking thing it's like oh, and it's impressive how quickly they can like rattle it off and Robert's like I don't a shit about that he'll really focus on like the jokes and the scene and then that stuff is just kind of like it's blow through that bullshit you know but let's like, minimize it make it as simple as possible i don't want to deal with it that makes the movies better
3: to me. we've seen that so many times we get it like we don't need all that anymore we just want the fun stuff
2: yeah and he knows that and he knows that. and like he he dances he does that dance too where it's like he knows what the fans are gonna want like you don't want to skip over like the cool blowing chest but like you do want to skip over how iron man found the bad guy mm-hmm. right you know like that's like two seconds like jarvis where is he we know, that's all Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then you're like on a whole other thing and, and he doesn't like doing any of that So he really will be like What's the simplest way for me to get this across And then let's just do the funniest scene And then like he almost does this like Verbal cue where he tells you Okay now we're going to do the scene We'll be like improvising, improvising And then he'll kind of put his hand on his shoulder And be like hey look I need to like clip your wings For a second and that's both Robert Talking and Tony Because it's like okay now I'm talking about the Lot. and robert also being like shut up for a second so i can remember what i have to say yeah <laughs> and it's very considerate and cool and i i really like i told him this i was like i i know you'll never do it again but i would love to do a, like an improvised indie with you he oh, was like yeah <laughs> yeah he was like who are you yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> just so, so many scenes of him grabbing you by the shoulders and being like okay we have to
2: um get this yeah. boat into this harbor like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not in my movie, man. In my movie, we smoke weed and look at the water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to that point, point, Justin, you were mentioning this earlier, but this is one of the big things that I think works about Iron Man 3 and why I enjoy watching this movie is it is so character-based and it is so comedy-based. Like, there's still huge explosions and big set pieces that happen throughout, and there's literal exploding people throughout the movie, but at the same time, It is about Tony. It follows his arc. It really finishes it off in a certain way by the end of the movie, and ultimately, that's why I think it's enjoyable. I don't know if you guys feel the same.
1: There is some really funny beats in here, and the the scene in the truck, the Hispanic Scott Bayo moment is such a funny line, and it does feel like like the comedy chops in that and that kind of moment is. Uh, really, kind of what you want in in a and something like that, where it's like you've got the super fan and Tony kind of like sitting down, like the making fun of each other back and forth is just uh, very much enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of like really, cr- you know, where Tony's screaming like, "Yeah, get over the giant bunny!" You know what I mean? Where it's like, wait, what? There's a lot of like random hilarious stuff that kind of uh, uh, and yeah, the action's over the top, but. Uh, yeah, there's there's some things where, that don't hold up anymore, unfortunately, but, you know, there's also some hilarious moments.
2: Yeah, there's some tough ethnic stuff in there. But it's a Shane, it's a Shane Black movie, so you just got to, like, kind of, like, understand that. Like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is basically a hate crime.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah.
2: That movie was so funny at the time, and now it's like, oh, I feel a little bad. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the, my favorite part of that movie is, like, people would be like, this is the movie that Robert Downey Jr. did to have the studios trust him right. that he could do family comedy, and then you turn that movie on and you are like, "Whoa, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't watch this." But I feel like Iron Man
3: three is where like comedy and action feel like equal. Um, like first Iron Man felt like it was a superhero movie that was funny at the same time, and that was like a revelation. The second one got a little self serious. Everyone got a little bit in their in their armor pants a little bit much, oh, and yeah. then this one it feels like sort of a rebalancing, and that the confidence of, of Tony Stark moving out of this was you just, it never broke stride after this.
2: Yeah. I think that they hit uh, a little thing after this, which was like, we have to make sure that our movie, that our leads are funny. If they're not, we end up with, we have to, uh, the plot has to be so important. So it was like, we were either going to make Captain America and black widow movies or, or not Black Widow, um, Black Panther, and then and then Black Widow, mm-hmm. the movies have to be in two camps. superhero allegory for what that means for America and, and the American dream and all that stuff. Or campy little boy drama. Right. And it's like, that's where they live. And they still live there. And the cool stuff is that Marvel has gone like, well, we can also do this and this and this and this and this. So there's like new stuff. But at that time, it was like, there's, we, have two, we have two options of tone here. Iron Man sucked when it got serious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the job that Iron Man 3 really needed to do was kind of cement things after the Avengers more than anything, because Avengers, we talked about this when we were talking about the movie, and everybody obviously knows this, but it was so far beyond just in terms of box office, anything else in the Marvel Universe at that point, that Iron Man 3 came out and then also got a billion dollars in movie theaters sort of cemented as, okay, we're not going to get... $200 billion domestic, this is a billion dollars globally, and that's what we're aiming for every time out of the gate. And to your point, Adam, I think that does lead to playing things safe uh, some of the time. I do think now, heading into this next phase, at least fingers crossed, I hope, with some of the stuff on Disney Plus has been taking chances like WandaVision and Loki. Eternal certainly seems like it's taking some chances. So hopefully they're pushing out of their comfort zone a little bit. But I thought
2: Falcon and Winter Soldier took a lot of chances because that's the one to me where it's like that is in the serious camp because of those movies. Like the Chris Evans movies were not super filled with humor. They were filled with like Americana and American Doubt almost you know yeah. and so that's not super funny and i felt like falcon winter soldier was able to be like yeah it was, it's not gonna be funny like and you're like okay yeah. cool fine forget it whereas like loki still is in that story, like be, you know it has to be funny and wanda is in like i don't really i don't know whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's fine <laughs> it's fine yeah i liked it it's impressive and it's funny you say it. i feel like with loki it
3: almost feels like the comedy it feels like they're the story ends up becoming much more of a thing in that. And the comedy feels even a little out of place by the end where it's like, why is he being so weird
2: now when it really, it's like, Oh, the story's me. I, and I don't want to critique anything. Cause I, I don't know if anyone from Marvel listens to this and I definitely don't want to get fired, but I, <laughs> I, I preferred the first batch of episodes of Loki, but I think you got a little bit of that when you met the um, bad guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. He was-
2: really funny and brilliant so i think like you got a little of that
0: well and just back to iron man 3 for a moment let's uh jump on some of the specifics about it i think probably the big thing to talk about the thing that people most talk about out of this movie is the villain reveal because you have multiple levels of villains right you have uh rebecca hall as maya hansen the botanist slash scientist you've got guy Pearce as aldrich killian kind of the main bad guy, the quote unquote real Mandarin by the end of the movie. Uh, and of course there's the big reveal, which is Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, but actually a British actor named Trevor Slattery, which I love. I love yeah. when I watched that. I love just the twist and the swerve there. I think that's been really fractious for people. Some people absolutely hate it because they were expecting the real Mandarin to show up at some point, but I think it's just such a smart, funny thing. However, I will say, rewatching it again last night for the podcast it ruins the movie. Is too strong, but it definitely changes it when you watch it again. You're like, eh, all of this is fake. It it diffuses all of the danger from any of the Mandarin scenes because you know he's a British actor being manipulated by Guy Pierce the entire time. At least that's how I viewed it.
3: It's funny. I disagree. I I still liked it. I liked it more because it makes all the heightened sort of terrorist videos from the first mm-hmm. uh, half of the movie they seem more insane now that you know, when you go in knowing they're fake. So I, I actually like, I think it's a great move. I'm just, I'm curious how they're going to try to make the Mandarin real in the upcoming MCU or the 10 rings. anyway.
2: Yeah. Are, yeah. They, are they, are they, or is he the bad guy in uh, um, Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi?
0: Yeah. The way that they're doing it for Shang-Chi is, I think it's Tony Leung is the name of the actor. He plays Shang-Chi's father, and they have some line in the trailer, like, he's gone by many names, and one of them is the Mandarin. So they don't have rings. It looks like they are large, ten large bracelets that he's wearing. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, hard Not to team. criticize Marvel. Wow, loud, really very loud. I'm just saying. Large he, rings, bracelets. The way that they did it continuity-wise is... The Mandarin was supposed to be the villain in the first Iron Man movie. They thought it would be too outrageous to throw a guy with 10 magic rings in there, so they punched it to the second movie. Second movie, they decided, ooh, we can't quite do this. There's a couple of references to the Mandarin and the 10 rings, but they ended up cutting most of them out. So this third one, I think that was probably the frustration that people <laughs> felt there, is they were waiting three movies and said, finally, we're going to get the Mandarin. And of course, you don't actually get the Mandarin. You get two kind of pseudo-Mandarins. Uh, Right after this, along with Thor the Dark World on DVD and Blu-ray, they released a Marvel one shot called All Hail the King, which has Trevor in jail and the real Mandarin is pissed because he co-opted his identity. So he gets kidnapped. That's going to be Tony Leung's part. I'm forgetting the actual name of the character in Shang-Chi is the short answer to that question.
2: Oh, that's, short. The, that's the short answer. That's short. the short answer. Short, it seemed the last like those sentence, extra the last sentence there. was the short answer. The rest I of
0: them was good. the long answer.
2: Well, that's all very cool and boring.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> They'll definitely use the
3: long answer in the movie when they set it up, I'm
0: sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, the first half hour of shang is just what I said, word for yeah, word. Yeah, you're
3: doing the narration, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, Hi, everybody. It's me, Alex. <laughs> I would do your Casey Kasem voice for it. Yeah, I would say you're easy, using you the got wrong it. Voice. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ted Rings. Here's a brief explanation of the Mandarin. Uh,
3: fun, oh. fun for the kids or or white people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what did
0: you think about the Mandarin reveal and that whole plot line? All the villains in the movie.
1: Well, I think uh, I agree a little bit with Justin. Uh, the second time watching it. Uh, was a different experience. The first time I remember being like a little let down uh, by the reveal. Uh, And the second time around watching it, I was like, oh man, Ben Kingsley is having so much fun chugging beers. He like nods off in the middle of it. This is very enjoyable to watch. uh, And it really kind of fits into the comedy of the whole kind of movie. Um, So I kind of enjoy it a lot more the second time around. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a tough thing to kind of like tackle. So hopefully in Shang-Chi it will be done right and uh, with the right actor. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it's a badass villain for sure. One thing that
0: I thought was kind of interesting when I was uh, looking into the backstory of the movie is Rebecca Hall's role, Maya Hansen, in the original draft, was supposed to be the uber villain actually running things over Killian. Like, she was the one who was ultimately in charge, so they sort of had these multiple layers there. But not Kevin Feige, but somebody in Marvel Entertainment, I'm going to guess it's probably Ike Perlmuter or somebody of that Mm. level, said, no, we can't have a female villain because that won't sell toys. And insisted that they had to change it to Killian, so that flipped and reduced Rebecca Hall's role, which is kind of wild. We talked about this with the Iron Man recap on that podcast. They couldn't sell toys when they were doing Iron Man, like they couldn't sell anybody on the idea of doing toys. So to go from begging people to do Iron Man toys for the first movie to the Iron Man toys dictating the plot of Iron Man 3, that's the arc of Marvel Studios, baby. That's how it works. <laughs> it's a dream. It's yeah. truly the dream. Uh, the other things that I'll mention just about uh, Maya Hansen's role, uh, Gemma Adderdon, Diane Kruger and Isla Fisher were all up for Maya. Jessica Chastain was actually cast, but had to drop out. And I don't know if this is the mm. same part, but Amelia Clark was actually cast in a role, but then her role was cut in the script stage. So I up ultimately not doing the movie. So there's some fun casting facts for him. Uh, Let's talk about Harley. It's Harley, right? Not Haley. Harley. Harley. Uh, What do you think about that? Because that's another interesting part of the movie when they travel over to Tennessee.
3: I think it's fun. Good kid. He's the therapy for Tony.
1: Yeah, it's nice because here we have uh, Tony kind of like having panic attacks and dealing with stuff. And like the kid also causes them a little bit, but also saves them. So it's a fun comedic back and forth for sure. Like, the way that this kid is able to hang with Tony is oppressive. Uh, but, yeah, when Tony calls him a pussy uh, because his dad left, that's rough, dude.
0: Adam, what do you think about the Tennessee sections in particular, other than the fact that they delay getting to your character?
2: I don't um, have much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just like I'm waiting for kind of like a spark to the movie at that point. You know, like, I'm like, this movie could use a. This, this movie yeah. could use a jolt, like some maybe some in my head. I'm like, is there anybody who maybe is from like mm, I don't know, like network TV that like wh- the audience knows, but like is also like, who's that again? Like it's like getting growing familiar. <laughs> yeah,
3: he, he's got yeah. a different look and sort of vibe to him
2: here. Yeah, and then and then and then it's over, and they're like, I want to see more of that guy. Like that's what I was waiting for. But no, I guess the kid was fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Justin, what do you think about Ty Simpkins in the movie?
2: I think
3: it's a fun piece. The It feels like a uh, relationship we don't expect. And so when yeah. uh, when they're hanging out and uh, the scene where the kid's like, let me come with you. And Tony's like, fuck no. And uh, it, it drives off. Like that was such a funny sort of irreverent version of that like uh, mentor, mentee or like kid, father figure relationship. I thought it was it was good. It was unexpected. This whole movie felt like it was unexpected in the way the the yeah, everything and it was, was
1: also really interesting to see a kid take Tony down. You know what I mean? Like Tony has to run away from this kid after like all these amazing fight scenes it's, and
3: save him. He yeah. he really went toe to toe with that extremist dude.
0: Yeah. There's actually a, a longer, I think it's like four minutes or so, there was, I don't want to say a whole arc because it's like three scenes, but that whole thing. With- I don't
2: think we need to be so negative about three scenes. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> three, scenes, three scenes could sometimes be the most memorable. Part of a movie, you know, and I think it's just about the way that those three scenes are oh, sure. handled. So. <laughs> but anyway, go on. Yeah, sure, sure. So EJ, the
0: bully, shows up on a dirt bike and is very mean to Harley. And then in the final fight with the water tower, he ends up getting drowned and almost dying. And yeah. Toadie uses his arc reactor to shock him back to life as a defibrillator. Harley takes the arc reactor and puts it back into Tony after he almost dies. So it's interesting. I don't think the movie needed that. I think they got it out of the way with that one line where Tony says to Harley, Hey, you know what we do with bullies? Like that finishes it off. But it's interesting to see just as a. Different that would have been a wild
3: uh, side journey
0: to mm-hmm. the Well, particularly because Tony spends a lot of those scenes being like, EJ, EJ, get out of here, as if we know and care who EJ is at all. But another cut thing that I wanted to bring up uh, yeah. that is super weird, and I'm glad they cut out of the movie. So... Killian with his extremist powers we haven't really talked about the powers or where they come from or anything like that but with his extremist stuff one of the things they played around with is that he could exude pheromones and there was this whole thing I believe it didn't make it farther than the script stage but where he used his pheromones to seduce Pepper sleep with her film it and release a sex tape on the internet and everybody was like That's terrible. Well, there's that weird kiss
2: moment. I like it when those comics – I like it when the comics get like a little too far.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that's particularly weird about this, I remember uh, – this is gonna, this is a very stupid way of saying this. But I remember I went to the bookstore before the movie came out. They released a bunch of like the novelization and the kids' novelization and the I Can Read book. And the I Can Read book actually has a note of that. Where they have Killian was using his pheromones to make Pepper interested in him, which is Mm. very strange. Mm. So if you want to check that out, World of Reading, Iron Man 3, Iron Man Fights Back is your source for deleted scenes
2: yeah you check that out the next thing you know the feds are at your door they're like what the hell have you been looking at
3: (laughs) I learned to read through some slight uh, light sexual harassment literature (laughs) great way to learn some words that you use a lot I I use these words a lot
0: no The One thing I did, uh, additional thing Second I wanted to bring location. up, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. uh, and then I'd love to hear from you guys about some of your favorite scenes and moments from the movie. But I love that skydiving scene, uh, the one where everybody's oh, yeah. falling out of oh, Air Force yeah. One, That's and intense, it was man. wild to me to find out. Obviously, there was a lot of CGI in the scene, so it's not 100% real, but they used the Red Bull skydiving team and actually jumped out of a plane. So, like, that's actual people jumping out of a plane. That then they CGI a little bit with the suits and everything, take out the parachutes. Um, but that seems so good. That's such a good super tense, super creative action scene. That's a lot of. It fun. was
3: really good, um, and I. Just, it's a great time for me to announce. Like, sorry guys, I'm leaving the podcast to join the Red Bull skydiving team. <laughs> I just oh, want just more for dream, man.
1: Live your dream. Justin, bad news your for your pal.
3: What? What do you? What do you think? What do you mean? I just think Red Bull is kind of focusing their energy in other places lately. Mm. Interesting. Okay.
2: Well, um, (laughs) no problem. I guess that
3: dream. I'll just. I'll just choose a different
2: beverage. I just think that should be enough. A skydiving team that doesn't have enough resources. It's enough for me to be like, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to join the Lipton English Breakfast Tea skydiving team. Well, that's actually better. That's actually better because the shoots are. (laughs) Yeah, the
1: talk made of the
2: bad, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that, after you skydive, everybody has tea. Yeah, exactly. Skydive, exactly. two minutes. Steep. <laughs>
0: Pete, you have any scenes you want to call out specifically that you enjoyed in the movie?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of great moments. The the giant, uh, I really think Iron Man should have just like dove into that giant stuffed animal and then he would have been fine the whole way down as the whole building exploded because he'd been in that uh, the stuffing. But uh, I think that, um, I mean, there's just so many really funny lines. Also, we got like a little foreshadowing of Tony's death in here, which is, I think is important. And then like his establishment, and the fact that he can't sleep when things are wrong, that is really... Played perfect uh, later in the Avengers movies. What was the
0: foreshadowing, Pete?
1: Well, that uh, you know, uh, Iron Man's dead. You know, there's all these like. There's oh, a, the okay. Iron Man. Very, dead.
2: very direct foreshadowing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was actually more of a shadow. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was, it was a shadow. I like the. Uh, you you like that Westworld line? That was funny. I it was mean, fun.
3: Just being a human perfect. is a foreshadowing of death because we yeah. all humans die. I guess so. We're oh. all we're all oh. heading there. Ah. Yeah. We're foreshadowing a lot of death on this podcast.
2: Today's
1: deep moment, brought to you by Lipton. Kids die too. Cool. It's your catchphrase,
2: catchphrase for the movie. That's like a, I, every time I'm, I, every time things are going well, I go, "Hey, don't let's not all forget." Kid, kid die too.
3: That was hour five of your Ooh. riff sesh with Robert Downey Jr. He's like, "Okay, yeah. we're good for today."
2: <laughs> no, he handled it great. He was like, "And babies, yeah, wow.
3: natural heightening, <laughs> yeah, yes." I uh, have my good, good, Alex. Uh, Thank you. My, um, I have a couple things to call out. There's a, a little scene with Bill Maher in this movie mm-hmm. um, and he go, has gone on after to shit on comic books so hard. And I forgot that he was in this. And the fact that he was in this comic book movie and he's taken such a hard line against him. I thought was. Uh, well, Bill Maher,
2: critical. Bill Maher's a cinematic career is, is quite fast, right? I mean, he's got this and then he's got that movie where he was a pizza guy. And yeah,
3: his real, he's got a lot of variety in his real. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. He sends it out. For, he still auditions for a lot of roles.
0: I'm sure he does, actually. I mean, all of that new stuff in there is weird and ethically weird. Obviously, Bill Barr is an extreme example of that, because like you were saying, he shits on this stuff, but pat kiernan who has been in a bunch new of new york One, you gotta let that York One baby uh, pat kiernan's the guy
2: what a, yeah, i mean this is dare. this is the gary shandling you know like the mm-hmm. end of gary shandling in marvel here right Isn't this is last role
0: uh oh, no wow. he's in a uh, winter soldier
2: oh good for him yes. i <laughs> you know what is weird now looking back on the avengers is like that phase one they certainly didn't deal with consequences that much they were kind of like you're going to court and it's run by Gary Shandling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't that threatening.
0: Well, and I think that's what they're trying to touch on a little bit here in Iron Man three. I think it's debatable whether it's successful in terms of the PTSD that Tony is right. dealing with. Uh, I really like that thread. It feels like the resolution to, he feels a lot of PTSD about getting sucked through a wormhole in Avengers is he blows up an oil rig, which, which, Again, I I don't know if that necessarily resolves his arc, but um, I like at least that they tried.
3: Well, but I also think it's partially like he doesn't think he's a hero. He thinks it's the armor and Mm -hmm. so all the stuff where the armor is sort of at working by itself and he's just controlling it. And then at the end of the movie, when he blows up all the armor, it feels like it's like I am the hero. He's sort of taking the man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and he also takes his his
1: heart out and throws it in the water at the end there. You know, his symbolic heart. Does he? Well, his little chess piece that he does was throws the, out his arc reactor. Yeah, oh, well, at it was the very end, I thought he got uh, the shrapnel
0: out. I, right after he gets the shrapnel out, I thought you were for some reason talking about it, he does it on the oil rig. And then he's like, "Well, that's it for me." I'm gonna but how it does, it
2: does he out. keep it pumping?
0: He doesn't need it anymore. The arc reactor is a magnet that kind of keeps the shrapnel from moving towards his heart. Right?
2: There's a lot of suspicious yeah.
3: things with this. I don't know. <laughs> in the he movie, finally he, talked
1: they, to a doctor, and they were like, "Oh no, we could just take the shrapnel." Finally, talked out. to a
2: doctor. You don't think a doctor on the street would like see that and be like, "That man's chest is—I got to go look at that. He has a big hole. There's a big it's hole a huge in hole,
3: and it goes right. I don't know how he kept that thing clean. Was That's he just co- peroxide he every day? So gross.
1: He can't walk around because doctors are constantly walking up to him, being like, "Oh my god, I could fix that. I could clean. Yeah, doctors are
2: constantly walking up to you. Oh, yeah,
1: right all,
2: yeah, all the time. Doctors are walking up to me. They're like, "I could fix, fix that nose of yours.
0: <laughs> oh, I
2: lay
1: off like, of doctors i can't afford it right now <laughs> <laughs> i'll take your well, card maybe i'll save up <laughs> a
3: doctor dyed your hair blonde
2: blonde that came up to you and did that right? yes as a di- yes it was a um a brain doctor well initially it was for a closed skull brain surgery
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
2: and so the blonde really? makes it a little easier they just make one small incision and then they can see it with the blonde. But when I got in, they said, hey, <laughs> tumor has gone, actually. So, oh, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I felt no need to double check. So I ran out of yeah. there with blonde, with blonde hair, and it's been a really fun July.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they do have more fun.
0: Before we move on to our next section, though, any other notes, things from the movie what you i call that: One, well, one of my I, favorite I, scenes. I,
3: I, yeah, I have a note, too, but go ahead, Justin. Yeah. I was going to say, one of my favorite scenes is the a team uh scene of him uh, faking, making the armor out of just household stuff. Uh, very, like, MacGyver. There's a MacGyver episode that feels like exactly the same
0: Yeah. Thing.
2: I thought that was so cool.
0: That was great. And Adam, what about you? Um,
2: I just wanted to touch on the scene that, because I, I just love it so much. I don't know if we touched on it enough, but it's a scene where Tony finds the cameraman in his in his van.
0: <laughs>
2: and... I don't know if we talked if we've talked enough about that scene he, that has right? a moment.
1: he really does the movie have a really moment. doesn't feel
2: like it hinges
0: hinges on mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I believe it comes at the exact middle point like they wanted to give mm-hmm. it that crucial turning point pivot. for the movie yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah and like a normal person would watch that scene like if, you, if they had any any knowledge of screenwriting and stuff and they'd be like I'm not sure much information is being exchanged like this could be cut mm. but I guess that if you're watching it you're like the energy and the acting is so strong mm-hmm. let's leave it at it. A lot of the Iron
3: Man fans are just like, where where did he get the Wi-Fi to send that message? Mm-hmm. Like,
2: just a lot of the fan, sort right? Of. And, and and I've answered that question a, a time
0: that I have. <laughs> do brand. people uh, all, all honesty? Do people ask you about that? Like, do they point out holes in the seed at Iron no, Man Three or never? Okay.
2: A lot of people don't ask me about Iron Man. Not <laughs> the. It's not the, uh, it's not the um, to you to you nerds maybe. Mm-hmm. But to the rest yes. of the world, Iron Man is not the first credit that comes to mind when people recognize me.
1: Because huh. uh, I wanted to kind of like show show that scene to my uh, improv coach, and just because you know, it's a mirroring exercise of like one actor being reflected into another one. It's mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. who's it's, your who's your improv coach? Uh, his name is uh, uh, Justin Tyler. Oh. <laughs> yes,
3: I'm doing a lot of one-on-one stuff with
2: uh, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think you should show that to Justin. Uh-oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know why you would. We talked about it for,
3: for nearly 45 minutes.
1: I just wanted to say the the uh, the extra credits thing with, you know, Dr. Banner mm-hmm. being not that kind of doctor because he doesn't have the temperament was hysterical and worth the wait at the end of that. Uh, and I thought it was a fun way to end the movie.
3: It's funny they did a a pure comedic post-credit as opposed to having Mm -hmm. some weird reveal.
2: Well, the the Avengers did that, too, right? With the burritos? Uh, Shwarma,
0: yeah. Shwarma? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, there was originally a plan, or at least what Marvel wanted to do, was have a post-credits of Iron Man flying off into space and meeting the Guardians of the Galaxy. But Robert Jowdy Jr. said, I don't know if I'm coming back as Iron Man because my contract is up. So let's do this seed instead, which I honestly think was very smart. If I remember back in the day, people loved uh, Mark Ruffalo and Robert Jowdy Jr. together in Avengers. There was the whole Science Bros thing that was coming out. So it seemed really well-timed to have that post-credit sequence because it kind of played off of that very fun fan thing. And I don't know. I like having an understated... Comedic. Uh, I would love to
2: see like a buddy action comedy with the Hulk and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a little prequel action.
1: That'd be great. And then be maybe a, like right midway, a sweet cameo by the everyone's favorite van guy.
2: Yeah. We have to recast. Oh, because you're blonde now? I'll be, no, because I'll be playing one, the third scientist. <laughs> <laughs> third, a new, a random scientist. I do pitch. I will say Drew Pierce is one of my. Close friends, and I do. If if you were to look at Drew Pierce's inbox, it's a bit, but it's also real. Every month, like I try to write a full email that's like, people want a Gary Solo movie, they want it, and you're the guy to do it. And then recently, he wrote back to me, I actually like this idea, but you need someone who's passionate about the character, and that's like, that's not me. <laughs> uh, that's good. You created the character, you son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, you get the patented Marvel Vision bub and we'll yeah, make think, it happen. I think it's coming. Yeah. Oh, I did want to mention just real quick because there is a wild uh, cast in this movie, even beyond you, Adam. There's uh, you got James Badgedale as one of the villains, which is kind of crazy because he's like this very serious method actor on TV and suddenly he's just chewing gum and blowing stuff up. Uh, you got uh, Yinsen, from the first movie, briefly shows up. You had to love that, right, yeah. Pete? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Sean Tube, uh Miguel Ferrer shows up as the vice president very briefly in, like, two scenes. He's yeah, a great bad, actor. Bad. Arrested at the end. Uh, also, I hadn't noticed this the first couple of times through, but Corey Hawkins, who people probably know now as Benny from In the Heights, uh, shows up as, like, a Navy soldier who's looking at a computer and is like... Uh-oh, he's on the move. And that's pretty much his line. Uh, which okay. is kind of interesting. I hate to nitpick here. Uh-huh. But
2: that last segment felt like a real direct attack on, on my <laughs> on my IMDB star meter. Oh, I mean sorry. you went a lot of other interesting people you less some, interesting. I should have said uh, less yeah. interesting actor.
3: And we will be linking to we'll be linking to every everybody's IMDb Star meter after this to really. I mean, you can what see a ego
2: hit, Justin. I mean who was who is the other interesting person that you saw <laughs> who was it Charo <laughs>
0: who
3: did you no, say this that guy was so... this guy who said that there's a, a beep on the scanner a yeah. beep on the scanner yeah, yeah. and who Corey was that Hawkins. Corey, Corey Hawkins, Hawkins
2: <laughs> of course oh and I, here's my favorite it's another interesting actor I think everybody here would be surprised to know James Badge Dale <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs>
0: What did James uh, Badge Dale. Didn't even get to Fan Bing Bing.
2: Fan Bing Bing. What the
0: hell are you talking about? <laughs> that one's made up. To be fair, that, that one's made, made up. up. No, you, Fan Bing Bing. Fan Bing Bing sounds less
2: made up than James Badge Dale.
0: Yeah. Fan <laughs> Bing Bing isn't the only Chinese cut of the movie. This is not even a joke. It's true. There's a whole Chinese cut of the movie.
2: I just like don't understand why you needed to use me as a segue to that. Being like, <laughs> like likening me, your guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: To the, to, other,
2: to the other James in Batch your Day. names like randos <laughs> that show up you might, That's well be like, the ur- <laughs> you might as well be like here's another person just like adam on adam's level that was in the movie uh this guy actually left the set and hit a family with his car and went to jail you probably remember that story anyway he's in the movie too
3: yeah uh, and his imdb star meter up very high what just recently now
2: passed. i mean jesus he's an eternal I believe he's an eternal here's how you see, you want to know who else is in the movie besides Adam Pally Guy mm-hmm. <laughs> There there's
0: Robert Downey Jr.
2: well yeah that's a given Don, but like, Cheadle. That, Don the, Cheadle but that's the
0: level that we should
2: that's keep it at yeah, that's the cat. Don
1: right. Cheadle had like a whole die hard moment in this movie yeah. it was great Don yeah. Cheadle
2: Adam Pally yeah. you don't have to be like You know, oh, yeah, it's a a huge, weird, weird (laughs) calf. Adam (laughs) Pally is in it. The guy that sells the spicy melon underneath the (laughs) the
3: underpass. This has been our recurring segment, The Island of Misfit Toys featuring Adam Pally. (laughs) Featuring
2: our guest. (laughs)
0: all right well i'll definitely edit this portion of the podcast out let's move on alex Uh, i think you've
2: been doing too much research is that even possible alex do you think there's a you think there's a more interesting part of the podcast than what just
0: happened? hey guys hope you enjoy our one minute long podcast all right very briefly before we wrap up here let's go to the vision board we talked about i know you guys are
2: talking to james badge dale next
0: <laughs> He's on. We gotta That's wrap this. Let's because... welcome him in. Let's welcome
2: him into Oops. the stream. <laughs>
3: Here we
0: go. <laughs> uh, we talked about Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings a little bit. Big question, I think, and this is still weirdly an open question, but. Will there ever be an Iron Man 4? And the reason I bring that up is a lot of people questioned that immediately after Iron Man 3. Of course, we saw Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in a bunch of different other Marvel movies. But now we know they are working on a Captain America 4 with Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, Captain America. In my mind, at least, it seems like a little bit of a possibility with somebody new in the role. But uh, what do you guys think? What do you, are we ever going to see Iron Man 4 at any point in the MCU? Well,
2: you are seeing Iron Heart, Mm -hmm. which is, like, uh, I think going to take over that part of the story. So I think that the character, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm guessing the character will have all the characteristics of Tony Stark and will become the new, like, center of the MCU, right? Isn't that the plan?
0: I think we'll see that. That's Riri Williams. That should be really good. And then there's also Armor Wars, which is going to focus on Don Cheadle kind of picking up after the wreckage left behind by Tony Stark dying.
3: Well, with all this Kang stuff, I feel like we are mm-hmm. going to have an Iron Lad. And I think that could lead to an Iron Lad. In this is wildly Explain it complicated.
0: really simply, Justin. Go yeah. for it. So is in the Young, Young, Avengers, Avengers? Young Avengers. Young
3: Avengers. Iron Lad is sort of is the sort of leader. And um, we find out later in the comics that it's actually Kang, who was just introduced as the villain in Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler for Loki. Um, so if they introduce Iron Lad, it will be like a young Kang essentially, and I could see that becoming. If it sticks, uh, Iron Lad sticks as a hero, could become
2: another Iron Man. This is where I think they should take a little page of the DC book, which sounds crazy, but like I don't need I don't need new Iron Man in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I would like a better movie at a smaller event of a re- of our Iron Man. You know, like I think that that they should go micro instead of macro in a lot of these, and that way you can bring these characters back. I think it would be good to do a Hulk Iron Man movie,
3: and I think to get to get RDJ back, I think that would be the move.
2: So, like, that's the to way, do a prequel yeah. That's a fun, like a road movie. To of to that. Be a prequel. It's just like turn, make a right turn about something that happened yeah. in in the small universe there. Or use the comics. You know, maybe maybe it is like a young cameraman gets some footage of Tony doing something he doesn't want to be doing. And then they have to chase him down maybe. And yeah, I
3: don't, I don't know. I mean, I have a couple of ideas. Yeah. The armor ends up on him. The armor somehow ends up on him. Maybe
0: a official. guy that's
2: super good at tech, super good at tech and does carry a Wi-Fi brick around,
0: you know, mm-hmm. so he's able to You use a tagline, like he's got great internet speed, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's
3: yeah. Just, sure. I, never, I didn't walk away from the Gary scene being like that guy's great at
2: tech oh really that's <laughs> interesting because that's the opposite of what a lot of people said
3: oh interesting well yeah. give, give us into the character backstory Is he like a mit grad like how did that uh, how did he end up in that van talking to his mom extensively
2: self taught uh he the char- the character actually i don't know if you could tell this, but as a child he was in a horrible car crash and uh, uh, that's spends a, a lot yeah and so had to go to a special school where they had to re teach him how to walk he didn't have a lot of friends. And so he spent a lot of time with his mother and on his computer. And because of that, he ended up using his skill to find a job that was able to kind of put him right in the center of the action, which is something he never really got a chance to do. And he was like looking at it through a rear window. It's sort of like a young Elon Musk. I'd love to see this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And his hero, his hero is the guy who could do it all, you know? And he thought, man, if I could just do it all, he was sitting in that wheelchair the whole time. If I could just do it all, right? And then he thought, well, I got out of the wheelchair. Just like Tony would have, I know how to watch things. i watching a lot of TV, <laughs> mm-hmm. so he grabs his camera, his phone, started taping stuff, sending it into the local news. Pretty soon, they go, "Hey, Gary, you're really good at this. Why don't you come? Why don't you come work for us?" He goes, "I don't know." I- I live with my mom. I take care of her. She's pretty sick. She's pretty sick. She's also the, sick. She's, oh yeah, the, yeah. She's really well. She's been taking care of Gary her whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, they had an, an alcoholic father who beat beat her. They both had they both had alcoholic fathers. Super. Yeah, that's tough when you have an alcoholic father, and then you marry an alcoholic, and then your son has an alcoholic father. There's a lot of alcoholism love. in the family.
0: Yeah. Well, and, there's the whole demon in the bottle storyline from oh, Iron Man course, but never really of, done. So this is a course. direct adaptation. And then. What happens one day at Gary's job?
2: He meets Tony. Mm -hmm. And what what does Tony tell Gary? Tony needs Gary. And that's all Gary needs to say that America and the world need
0: Gary too. Wow. Drew, where's you, well, Drew where are you at? There's a whole story here, Drew. Right? This is not a movie. This is a Disney Plus series. This Why? Is a, what the fuck is? you. You know what? Oh. <laughs> I, can do a, I can carry a movie. I can carry a movie. Why? Because
2: uh, I'm a TV actor? No. Fucking movie it's bigger. Star. More people will see it. Oh, come on.
0: I want my they movie. got over 100 million subscribers, Adam. Oh, $100 million. Movies are dying. They're dead. No, Theaters are no. dead. Well, Nobody's going back to theaters. The
2: greatest day of my life. Movies are growing. Now's the time. <laughs> movies and travel.
0: Uh-huh. Mm, <laughs> nice. Two businesses you want to okay, be in right out.
2: now. Movies, travel, and the theater.
3: Mm, the theater. Uh, and I feel like in this movie needs sort of like another Gary, sort of like Justin, the PA, who, who has a facial hair like Gary, that's like to start to oh, see like the
2: generation. That's so funny. And, then, and that's, so, that's such a funny idea because then, because then Gary can treat Justin like Tony treated Gary. Yeah. We should get yeah.
0: Justin Long. Yes,
2: he's perfect. it would be great. it would be perfect. it would be great. Be perfect. Be perfect. Right.
0: Well, if you, need a, if you need a narrator to recap the whole thing at the beginning of the movie for like half an hour or so, I'll keep it really brief. Just I
2: don't like think that. they do that.
0: I no. <laughs> yeah. was just throwing it out there.
2: Yeah, but that's you know that they don't do that. Okay,
0: so Al, just send
3: five tapes um, to uh, to Pally, and he'll yes. uh, let you know, you know. Yeah, I'll go
2: through your narrations. <laughs> Justin, write up a script. Keep it yeah, real racist. No
0: Adam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast It was a pleasure talking to you about this role I'm looking forward to the movie version of Gary Not the Disney Plus series If you'd like to support our podcast Patreon.com slash comic book club Also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7pm To Crowdcast and YouTube coming out We would love to chat with you about the Marvel Cinematic Universe iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher Or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen and follow the show At Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter! 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 Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous.
3: Wow. Gary for life.